Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, y'all. This is your girl, Sonya, with She Says, She Says Sports. And I got a quick football moment with um, former NFL player Jamie and Spencer. We're going to discuss the Rooney Rule since it's been a lot of talk about the Rooney Rule for the last few days regarding um, head coaches being um, hired, but none of them were minority coaches. Um, As you know, let me start up because I heard me say, um, sorry, Mike. Hello, y'all. This is, no. Hey, y'all. This is Sonya with She Say, She Say Sports. And I'm here with a quick football moment with NFL, former NFL player, Jamie and Spencer. We're going to discuss the Rooney Rule today. It's been a lot of talk about the Rooney Rule um, in the last few days. And I just want to speak with him and uh, get his opinion on how he feels about what's going on since he was in the NFL and he actually played for a black coach. Jamie, how are you doing today? Fantastic. How are you, sir? I am doing well. Tell the um, listeners a little bit about yourself. All right. So uh, my name again, Jamie Spencer. Actually, I was born and raised in Monroe, Louisiana, North Louisiana. Uh, went to school at uh, University of Notre Dame. Uh, played up there fullback for four years. Then I went on to um, uh, Philadelphia where I was drafted uh, seventh round and then uh, spent a little time in Tampa. Uh, both played under Andy Reid and um, uh, Tony Dungy, so I had a – unbelievable uh, storybook career, especially coming from a very small town in North Louisiana into some of the big-time college football stadiums and uh, not only pro stadiums in the the country. That's awesome. And you have two little boys. You're married. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) We have two wonderful little boys, J.K. and JoJo, uh, Jamie and uh, and Joan Spencer. So uh, they're they're absolutely the centerpiece of my life. Guys, let, let me tell you about these guys. <laughs> when I say some of the sweetest and most amazing children I've ever met, I love them so much. And when I say Jamie has stories that you he can tell about these boys, I may even have a little show and be like Jamie's Corner <laughs> just so you can tell stories about J.K. and Jonah. It's an October, well, Halloween story. Well, we'll get back with that later. But when I say these kids are so funny, I love them so much. They, they're sweet kids. But we're not here to talk about J.K. and Jonah. It's not their show. We're here to talk about the Rooney Rule. So as you know, um, the Rooney Rule is pretty much where the NFL requires the league's teams to interview minority candidates for head coach, head coach positions and upper-level um, NFL positions. It was established in 2003. However, we're not – with 70% of the NFL being black, there are not a lot of head black NFL coaches or minority. So, Jamie, you played for, like you said, um, the Eagles as well as Tampa Bay. So you played under Tony Dungy. Is that correct? That is correct. And 
Well, before I get to that question, you know, I I just want to know, as a player, have you always had white coaches um, besides Tony Dungy growing up? Were you just under all head, white head coaches rather? Yeah. So my, my entire career, I think from seventh grade to not all the way through uh, the NFL, I actually always played for uh, a white head coach, um, mm-hmm. with the exception of um, – year or half a year I spent uh, in junior high okay. under uh, Coach Trimble. Uh, but, again, that was only when I was in passing. But, uh, nonetheless, the majority of my career was spent uh, under a, a white head coach. Uh, tons of uh, black assistant coaches, uh, but in terms of the, the which I've dealt with on the day-to-day grind and a lot of that engagement, but for the most part, he coaches white. Okay, good. Okay. And so did it ever concern you not seeing – a head coach, your color, did it ever bother you? Or it just didn't, I mean, it was just the norm for you. I, I tell you, it, it never dawned on me. Um, it never dawned on me that I was not under a black head coach until mm-hmm. I got under a black head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to be honest with you, as a player, your focus is more on the relevance and the competency of the people you deal with on a day-to-day basis. Okay. You know? Uh, for me, black, white was all the same because it really came down to the X and O's and how you taught things, things that we needed to know, how you studied, what the work ethic you put in, as well as the type of person you were off the field. So um, I don't think that was as much of a of an influence until it was in front of me right. that I realized that, man, I've spent all these years playing football and never seen that, that proud face in the in the in the decision-making decision. Wow. And when you started working with um, Coach Dungy, and I love him. I actually, I love Andy Reid. You know, there were some, seemed like some very good guys Mm -hmm. off the field. Um, With working with Coach Dungy after all these years, and you was like, wow, you know, I'm, you know, he's making the decisions. Did it, did it make a difference for you, or, again, it still was about the X's and O's? Um, at that point in my career, because it was on the back end of everything, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it made a difference, but it did enlighten me into how siloed we can become as individuals when we get so enthralled in, in and into the X's and O's. Mm-hmm. Because, again, everybody, when you get inside of a career, you want to work to the top of your, your, your lap. You want to be the best at what you do. Right. And for the time a lot of those guys put in, you want to see them have some level of reward. You want to see them have some level of achievement. So it did make me wonder more why I didn't see more brown faces in those positions. Mm-hmm. Because Tony, as, as phenomenal as he was with the everyday, the way he managed, the way he handled it, um, how he coached his coaches um, spoke volumes to not only the type of person he was, but to his experience and what he shared, right? And he had multiple individuals on his staff that you could tell that that level of entrenchment kind of or enrichment kind of uh, trickled down into what they did. So uh, it really had an impression upon me that, you know, man, if, if this guy doing what he does at the way he does it, has such a profound impact, why aren't there more of them out there, right? 
So it made you start wondering more and questioning more as to, well, how do we end up with so much, so many of these guys are not being in the, in the, in the positions they are? And, you know, the, the Rooney rule, I think, is really just a piece of the pie. Right? Okay. Uh, when, you, when you get into it, it's, it's only a piece of what helps to uh, get those guys in the right positions. Because I'm not going to tell you every person who's played will make a great coach, right? I'm not going to tell you every person that, that's, that's ever watch the game can, can coach a football team. It takes some level of uh, not only competency inside the game, but also how you manage people, how you motivate people, mm-hmm. what you uh, set as an expectation. It's also how you live, right? So, um, And some people aren't willing to dive in on that, unfortunately. But the ruling rule, in my opinion, was supposed to help a lot of those competent individuals who were taking a career serious to move to that next level uh, and have a chance to at least be heard. But but the bigger problem, and we talked a little bit about this before, mm-hmm. the bigger problem that you have is not only just with what you see in the assistant coaches, but it's the representation and ownership management inside these organizations. Okay. Uh, you know, you don't see those brown faces. You don't see um, those former players and everybody that are helping to reach back and pull and develop individuals to take on GM positions. Uh, there's not any, any African-American ownership or very little uh, ownership, minority or majority. Um, and I think that makes a huge difference because when you get into the coaching part of it, competency takes you so far, but also there has to be some level of personality and also chemistry that you've got to have with that ownership that's going to say, yes, this is what this is who I want to trust my billion-dollar industry with. Right? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen just with saying, yes, you can you can figure out how to recover the seat. So wow. that's, that's the difference I think you've got. And although the Rooney rule, the Rooney rule was a very good first step, the problem that we have, and why we haven't seen more, is that there hasn't been a second, third, or fourth step along the way. Gotcha. And that's and, and and think about it. It's been 19 head coach opening positions mm-hmm. in the last three years, but only two black coaches have been hired. Mm-hmm. And so, so that my next, I guess, what I want to ask you is, should there be an amendment to the Rooney rule? Um, because it's really, I mean, it, it's not working like it should have been. I mean, even though there has been some coaches, black coaches um, coming in, but it's not, I mean, it's only three right now, and it's 2020. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it's, it's a tough question. It, it's a tough question to tackle simply because when you look at the statistics and you say, yes, we need to amend the ruling rule, there's implications around it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a penalty that's involved with teams not interviewing black candidates, right? Um, that can be imposed or not imposed, but really when you have the boxes watching the in-house, mm-hmm. it, it does not make sense in the greater scheme of it. You got a there, point. There's no, there's no policing body that says, Yes, if you don't interview black candidates, then I'm going to be able to impose this penalty, and it has significant impact, right, to, to that organization. Um, sometimes that stuff is, is taken on the front end and given right back on the back end, you know. Right. It's just the, the relationship you have. It's almost like, you know, I'm making the rules and I'm, and I'm, I'm abiding by it, but at the same time I'm also in charge of my own punishment, right? So um, for what it's worth, it doesn't really serve the purpose of 
what we really want to get to. Okay. And that's why I say it becomes a tough question because although it's a very good first step in terms of saying, hey, here are the requirements you've got to go and look at competent, relevant basis in, in putting them into those positions and not just the tokens of putting them in place just to say I interviewed somebody. Right. Famous, right? Um, when you look at it like even this year, you know, um, the biggest surprise in the world for me yesterday afternoon was, was watching Joe Judge get in a head coaching position who we had never heard of, and that's due to the impact of his work. And right. And Eric B. Enemy even considered for the job, right? Um, that makes you question. That makes you question the system because, again, it, it becomes what, what it's about. And, and I'm a very good friend with, with Eric B. Enemy. We go back a very long way even to Philly, but, um, but I see – the work Eric has put in. I right. know the type of person Eric is. Um, I don't know uh, Joe Judge or anything like that, but I know from a from a head coaching uh, candidacy position, I know that's something that he definitely wanted to do. Um, and even his climb into where he's at today has not been easy. So it's something that he's definitely put in work, and I think even as a head coach, players will respond to that more than someone just plays the part. Absolutely. That's interesting that you said that because, you know, I and, and you, you made a very valid point when you said competent can, candidates because you don't want the token. And I understand, you know, the Rooney Rule is pretty much affirmative action for the league, so to speak. However, and, and you and I talked about this earlier, Just that's just like if you and I apply for a position that we wanted, the, you know, we, we – think we did very well on the interview. The chemistry went well. And, you know, they even said stuff like, well, when you start, you're like, I got it. I got this job. However, you get that that letter like, you know, hey, you were great, but we went with another candidate. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, like with the Joe Judge, we, like you said, we never really heard of this guy. He, and he may be an, a, a great guy. However, he may be a competent competent individual. However, sometimes nepotism comes in or, you know, or like you said earlier, just, you know, most of the faces that are the owners, you know, they they choose who look like them most of the time. And I guess, and, and that can be for any um, race. I'm not, and I'm not trying to, you know, start a black and white thing. But, I mean, sometimes you have to question why, I mean, are there not enough Candidate, black candidate for head coaches, and I'm sure they are. It's in my opinion, it's a level of trust. I think there are a ton of black candidates out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, and again, I'm not going to tell you that every candidate is competent. Right. right? Absolutely. But the other part of it that we don't see and we don't understand about the selection process and everything else is the reality of if I have a billion dollar business and it is up to me entrusting it to someone, what do I go with, right? What what now makes me comfortable to say, yes, I do want to hand these keys over to you to either continue making me money in my business or <laughs> destroying what I've built, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that is the part of it that does not become football play. That's the part of it that does not become uh it's the that's the unknown. It, it's, right. the, it's the it's the catalyst that we can't necessarily put our finger on and say we need to make a rule around this. Um, 
But how that becomes materialized is, I think, the bigger question. So when you're talking about the amendments to the Rooney Rule, yes, you know, they may go in there, they may love you, you may think you got this thing wrapped up, but what is it that keeps our ownership from taking those brown faces that they love, support, and trust, and now giving them true partnership with mm. job, right? Gotcha. Making them as vested as you are into your organization and the success of your organization than you are, as opposed to saying, look, it's in the dump right now. I need you to go come do what you do to get us out of it. And then once we get to a certain level, then I'm going to go and pick who I want. You know, it, mm, it, it shouldn't right. be that it shouldn't be. thing. Right. Um, and, and then that's, that's kind of the whole problem with the, the Rooney Rule and what you have is that there's nothing that has evolved to help us to understand or even get into the position where they are now going to be empowered to make a, a better decision for them as an organization, right? Because the goal may not necessarily always be, I'm just going to wait. Because mm-hmm. women don't necessarily think that I'm going to, to make this a successful organization. Right. right? Um, you know, some of the, I'm not going to say less successful organizations have been as profitable as anyone from an NFL perspective. That defines success, right? Uh, so it really comes down to when I've turned the keys over to this individual, are they going to feel what I'm looking for, or are they going to be something that I'm going to end up having to replace it? Hmm. Interesting. Oh, well, we, we, we shall see. We'll see what happens. Um, this has been a very interesting week regarding um, the Rooney Rule and how it's, how black coaches are being seen or not being seen so to speak. So, Jamian, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. I'm really thinking about that Jamian corner because I want to talk about my babies. Y'all, they are hilarious. <laughs> and his oldest son, um, Jamian Jr., is he, he built to play football and does not want to play football. No interest. No interest. Period. <laughs> and I'm like, he is, I mean, I tried to talk to him, but he's like, uh, no, I'm not interested. So, but anyway, thank you so much for um, um, getting with me today. Uh, please follow me on She Says She Says Sports Facebook, She Says She Says Sports 23 on Instagram. I don't really, I have Twitter, but I'm not really on it, so I'm not going to even get that handle anymore until I start really, really getting back on there. But please follow us. Um, please make comments, share the post, um, share the um, show when I post it. And, again, thank you. And until then, this is Sonia with She Say She Say Sports. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.